that's what uh, that's what I've been doing uh, a little bit um, the last few weeks. Um, on and off is is using my remote control chopper, and uh, I talk about it. <laughs> oh, now I get it. <laughs> I, I have a, um, I've talked about it, uh, in a previous podcast, uh, podcast number 125, I mentioned, uh, the, uh, the model of remote control helicopter, Sima S107C. It's, so it has a, uh, camera and video feature and I hadn't used those yet, uh, when I, uh, talked about it earlier, but I've experimented with them just a little bit and so I have a, a couple I have a couple videos uh, and f photos unfortunately the photo thing only act it only uh, took a photo when um, it was pointed toward the vacuum <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's uh you know, uh, it, it was it was a cool um, it was it was cool that it actually took any, but the the video took a little bit of video here. Um, let's see, this one's only six megabytes, but the other one is a little longer. Uh, all right, so yeah, so here it's it's flying. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's gonna record audio of its own blades, and then here, so the here it, it's landed on the chair. So I, I landed it and then um, obviously there's a pause here. I didn't know it was actually still recording. Yeah. And now here it's up in the air again briefly. <laughs> there's a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so anyway, th there's like a, a proof of concept anyway. Uh, it hasn't really resulted in particularly valuable footage yet. But like we were just using it just before we started recording and so I'm going to see if I got any video and photo footage from that. So I'm still experimenting in how to even, you know, record with it, you know, effectively and stuff. What is the process to, like, record or take a photo? Basically, there's sort of, like, what are set up. Um, if you look at the, the controller for the helicopter, like, it's sort of like a game controller for for a uh, a gaming system like mm -hmm. uh, PlayStation or Xbox, uh, it has trigger buttons or L L one or R one in PlayStation speak. Yeah. And you one of them is for a still camera, and the other one is for a video camera. What I think I've kind of inferred by by using it a bit is that like one press starts the video, another press turns it off. I'm not sure if the lights really light up. I So I, I haven't really figured out exactly, you know, like I tried there to hit it on and then off when it, when I was trying to record a video earlier. Yeah. And then I would just hit the button when I wanted to take a still um, on the other side. Uh, the other, like, essentially, like, trigger button. Because, you know, the, yeah, the helicopter uses uh, two different controls on the left and right that are sort of joystick style but one is kind of up and down and the other one has essentially left right and forward backward yeah. or, or you know up and down um motions because that one you you can use to kind of move forward or move backward or 
turn right or turn left. And then the one on the left is like how, uh, how much power you want to the main rotors, I think, okay. essentially. So that controls, you know, how you take off and go down. And so, I mean, it's actually a lot like uh, uh, remote control helicopters in GTA. Yeah, nice. Or, or even real helicopter controls. There's similar controls uh, in that, uh, you know, because you can fly a helicopter in GTA Five, and then there's also the remote <laughs> control helicopter in uh, definitely there's one in Vice City. Yeah, we were just playing it, and we had... Um... Like, really cool cars. Like, oh, yeah, GTA Five. Yeah, yeah, we had, like, a dune buggy, which I got to ride. We were, we were beach. up on, like, the northern shore of the game's map, and yeah. they have a very cool, like, dune buggy that you were... Yeah, you were really driving it with a plum there. That was that was cool to watch along the beach. And then I got a big truck. You got yeah. a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I felt like there was just, like, cool cars everywhere. That was neat. I like that. That is um that that is a cool um area of the map that like you know like I spend so much time down in the Los Santos area of the uh, game that uh, I you know you don't think to go into some of those remote areas sometimes and it, it's 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 totally cool you know you know it's a, a cool game but but just kind of a fun casual game I mean, you know a few minutes of fun gaming uh, is a game called Goat Rampage for uh, iPhone. Yes, I just played that. Um... I think I need to get some schooling on the controls because that usually is my downfall. <laughs> but once I got the little guy going, he knocked over like barrels and um, boxes and I knocked over an elephant and it was pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't hear that sound. Well, um, we were using it at a coffee shop, so I had the, the oh. uh, you know, uh, basically the um, vibrate uh, switch turned so it wouldn't make sound. That's cool. Yeah, so you, you just run around and knock into stuff. Now, there's actually um, a game that uh, that I remember hearing about recently that was uh, called Goat Simulator uh, that was available on Steam. So uh, th this game comes in its wake. I'm, I'm not sure who had the idea first or whatever, but... Um, there was a there was a there was a game that um, I think was a little more involved because it you know Steam is like for you know computer platforms basically yeah. and uh, so um, or at least Steam for Windows it was available for so it looked really fun you know it was this big open world game with like a bigger map than that one but that one I mean it has you know basically goats knocking into stuff yeah. It's, I, I think, I like the goat meme. I, I've, I've seen, I feel like I seem, I'm seeing more and more goats. Oh, is that a reason. new, is that an internet meme now that's coming out? I think it might be the out? new thing. I don't know. They're kind of funny and silly and oh, they yeah. butt things. And oh, yeah. There's videos on the internet of, uh, of goats running into people like, like all over like a village. Like, uh, oh, yeah. And I think we've even talked about the goats that yell. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's one of those things. But, but, um, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you search for goats in this one, this one video. I mean, I think uh, I've never seen this one before, right? Where the goat is just like charging people on a motorcycle and then just going up to people and you know, button into them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember this. And they look like they might. 
might be a manageable size, but they're he's pretty big. No, it's a big, strong animal he's for at sure. Her, at her waist, that he could just easily knock her over. It can and does. <laughs> and they and then the work. <laughs> The, the craziest part is that a guy um, shows aggression and tries to kick him. He just straight up charges the guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! The guy just kicked the guy. Yeah, but it didn't do the anything. Goat chases him. He, 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 he tries oh, he to push him, but there's not there's only so much he can really do. The guy the goat's chasing him around a tree now. <gasps> there's another goat. <laughs> I love that his bell is ringing. <laughs> the goat's just telling the people in that village. Go sit under a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the goat. The goat. If that goat <laughs> wants to run that town, he's gonna run that town. That's just what. Um. Then <laughs> there's more. There's like, you know. Then they they see it from that guy's <laughs> perspective. Um. Yeah. Just goes on. Uh, and um you know it's one it's a type of it, that's the type of story that you might see people share like on social media right like people would um you know would i mean it 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 surfaced pretty high on youtube right so it might find itself in social media Stuck in my head. The word is social. Can you handle it? So if I point at you and say social, you're going to go social. No. Pretty much. That's what the crowd did. All right. Cool. Mary McCoy with Continuum. Continuum. Let's look up Continuum. Are they a legit band? Try to be <laughs> I better not have any of this awesome Bell's Two-Hearted Ale in my mouth when I watch this. <laughs> Hello? Viral. 
joke. It's a fucking they just, joke. They can't see Instagram or what? <laughs> the gram. Yeah, that was um, at a uh, conference. Social Media World. Uh, oh, okay. Social Media World. Uh, it, where Where is that held? I don't know where it was, but they usually do it in places like San Francisco or New York. Sure. Maybe in Austin. Kind of a LA. tech, social media hubby places where a bunch of people already Austin. are. Austin. Austin. Well, I guess they have their South by Southwest thing. Um, Social Media World, About Us. This is um, a, 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 uh, well, this is a publication, so I don't know. There must be a conference. uh, Yeah, what, maybe it's like social media. (laughs) Conference? It says it on that when and she's in front of that little banner. Upon 
I don't know. You can't really see right it. At the very beginning. At the very beginning. Or, yeah. Uh, I can't read it. It's not. Yeah, there. Social media marketing world. Social media marketing world. <laughs> Let's get social. Social. What social media? Okay. <laughs> I think she's one of my favorites. That's uh yeah, the, the those um that's a, a rich load of uh of sound clips that uh that soundboard. Um let's see, uh there's the marketing uh social media uh, marketing world. Ow, oh, the autocomplete didn't finish for some stupid reason. Now there we are. Okay, so San Diego, March 26th to 28th, 2014. Okay. So that was where it was most recently, down in Southern California. You know what, though? It's what do, what do you have the dates up there? Is it recently? March 26th to 28th of 2014. Yeah, see, that's good because it's usually kind of warm in the SoCal area. And, you know, well, yeah. you're going to do one of those early Jan. I've noticed that like, a lot of the early January... February, March conferences are in, like, warm places like Florida. This song is called They Say Vision by Reese, uh, R-E-S. And, uh, you know, Spotify has changed their interface. I know. Yeah, it's a lot I feel like uh, things are different. missing. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot that's changed and they've renamed stuff. Yeah, and it's, like, black, really black and, like, skinny, thin lines like the new iPhone OS. Oh, like. so, yeah, you think it's... um. Flat design slash iOS 7 influenced? I do. I think I can see that. No, yeah. I'm looking at it here. I haven't used the desk, the new desktop version much, but it's something, I guess, I guess, you know, like a lot of, like we've talked about, a lot of uh, designs are sort of mobile first now, right? Yeah. So it, things might look a little spread out on a desktop, even my laptop here. The app looks maybe a little thin and spread out, dark, but, you know, yeah, 
it's a mobile kind of concept because I remember the iOS app changed first, I think. Well, at least for me it did when I yeah. updated. But what do you think about it? Well, I, I'm a little jarred by the change, but I guess I wasn't like I, you know, Spotify app had a lot of issues. So if they if they make it a better, more consistent performer, then I hope then maybe I'll uh, you know I'll be all right with the changes. I'm kind of neutral on the changes right now. Yeah, I I guess I guess I'm surprised that I didn't get any like heads up. This is coming announcement, you know. You know, and the the web app. I mean, it's sort of a. It's not exactly a web app, but it has that element, right? It just kind of changes. It's like a new version of Gmail or something. Yeah. When there's a new version, it just, when you run the uh, app, it just uh, has a new version. Yeah. Auto updating kind of thing, like Chrome. So yeah, so that's become the norm f- for a lot of apps. But uh, yeah, it, it is a lot different, and um, I, I, you know, there's some adjustment to be made. But I think overall performance and stability is the issue, at least until they get too far in some design trend, right? Because they're going to follow the design trends. Right. I think I think if they don't follow the design trends, it's only asking for catastrophe. So, so um, you know, I like to talk about house music, and uh, <laughs> one of the one of the themes of uh, of my book crossing the continental divide my novel is a uh, one of the themes is house music house music and uh you know chicago is kind of the capital of house music still yes and is, yeah. i'm now i had a fictional house dj from chicago in my book named orgetorix yeah. and uh so it was it was just a character, a composite of some you know some different people and some different you, you know kind of uh, uh, personalities. But uh, if if you were thinking about a guy who was like a really cool, really credible house DJ from Chicago, which is the way you set up that character, you, you could definitely do worse than uh, find someone like. Frankie Knuckles. So this guy was a legend uh, in Chicago. He died at 59 oh, wow. uh, in the last few weeks. This article on Complex.com is dated March 31st, 2014. I don't know. Uh, it was it was a little, you know, just a few days before that or a day before that or something when he died. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, this, so this guy basically, you know was one of the I guess, I guess you could say one of the founding fathers of the house music scene you know and he was a guy who was in uh, uh you know in, in the city and and basically stayed you know what I mean like a like an insider like a you know sh- you know real Chicago area guy you know for for his whole life and this this article has a picture of him with with Barack Obama which I think is a real picture okay. um, but you know I mean whatever Barack Obama was around the Chicago <laughs> social scene so why not yeah. right The Whistle Song from 1991 by Frankie Knuckles
And uh, also in the last few weeks, uh, we lost another legend, at least a legend around here, our Parakeet Sparty. Yeah. AKA Sparta, AKA Spartan Don Buzz Barksdale. AKA our yellow bird. She was with us over six years and we really loved her. And she was, she was just a strong, you know, kind of just outgoing bird, just a really cool, friendly bird. And she, she had a really cool relationship with you. Uh, you, you, she, she liked you and she would, she would groom you and, you know, she had a different kind of relationship with me. It was really cool. But, you know, we were just, we brought her home and I think we were, we were a good, uh, we were a good home for her. We were, you know, so it was kind of cool that we were, you know, we were together, you know, as a, you know, pet and, and, you know, caretaker for the time we were, because like, she was the kind of bird that I think a, too attentive, uh, people that, that made sure that she had other birds to play with and, you know, cool toys. Cause she was a super smart bird. We had to make sure she had a lot of stuff to do. So it was cool that we were there for her and that she was there for us. Yeah, she taught us so much. <laughs> That's Miss Barta because she, uh, she was always, she was always a vocal in expressing herself, and you know, she like was. we we had her in the podcast at times. We'd have clips of her singing with Belle, or uh, you know, they would be in a different room, and you would hear them start having a. a, a spirited discussion and you know the the volume would come up to the point where you, you'd hear it in the background of the podcast many times yeah she was in our music she uh she was kind of the inspiration i think for the neener because she was yeah. probably the most neenery of them all because <laughs> she was a female and females mm. are very different when they're parakeets which we we learned, and then we thought, yeah. "Oh, that's why." So, uh, yeah, she she was a she was a very strong, very assertive bird, but and then she also had like the parakeet uh, female gender uh, uh, qualities, which uh, yeah, like uh, you know, she had the the pink seer, and she was a very beautiful bird. Uh, it, it also affected her uh, her yeah her personality, her interactions. Uh, female parakeets tend to uh tend to be pretty pretty dominating pretty assertive yeah <laughs> and and she also was was big and like and strongly built just just you know big but but um you know kind of just tall and and strong and, and just, just like so she she dwarfed any other bird that w we had even though like um you know uh dodger and striker were pretty big birds but uh it, she just she was just much bigger and and she was a uh, yeah, she was she was just a real sweet bird. Like sometimes she would just get really affectionate with you and give you like a bunch of kisses. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was amazing because sometimes she was a little stingy with kisses, and Belle would be more likely to to you know interact with you or something. But then when she came out of her shell, it was it was amazing. And with me, she was like she was good about going back in the cage when they'd been out flying or or playing or something. But but uh, but with you, she she was either defiant or affectionate a lot of the time. Yeah, she uh, she would land on my head and she would not let me. I, that's why I have to. I'd have to bring you up. I mean, I'd let her out, and then when mm -hmm. she was feeling silly, she would just 
go and I'd get goose in and she'd still be going. She was always just, she's so beautiful. She was always well-groomed and she was just like bright, mm-hmm. bright yellow. Like yeah. a little bit of like bright kind of green <laughs> underneath that made her look like she had little yellow pants on because, you know, like the green was a little bit darker. As you can see, like her little chicken legs. <laughs> She it's was like a little duck, you know, she, a little chicken. She, she very yeah, the the yellow on her was very bright and I think to other parakeets they see an even like brighter color pers- uh, uh spectrum or a yeah. different they see color differently. So our but even just our eyes, yeah, her coat was always brilliant. And then if we were looking across the room, if we were uh we would always see where she was. Yeah. She would always she would always <laughs> jump out. I mean she, she was a big bird, but it wasn't just it, right? Like the, the darker color, like Belle, um, or, or even Dodger, who had some white, and there was a little more reflectiveness on that. But, but yeah, like that, um, like, like Sparty with that yellow, that color, the absorption, just the way the light bounced off of it to our eyes. So just like I think it, it would be uh, amazing to a parakeet even more so because they have, uh, um, you know, they have different kind of vision. Yeah, and, and she was... Um you know, really adventurous. Uh, she she had a lot of different like climbing techniques and, and toy techniques, and she loved to eat pellets and millet, and she liked to sing. And yeah, I mean, she's just a she's a cool bird, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. She liked to burrow under things and chew things. It was great, you know. Dig to China. We had to stuff. Remember we had to like stuff socks in the top of our oh. door. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The doorway frames in this house. Uh, this is a this is an old house that's been kind of rebuilt uh, um, around the like basically on the surface, but there's a lot of yeah. uh, strange compromises in the way that the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the doorways Very are true. are like framed and stuff. So we had to jam up, uh, like uh, to the 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 um, upper, you know, framework of the doorway so that she didn't yeah find her way th- in, into the uh, the yeah find her way into the the uh, uh, so, some part of the the door frame. You know, and and now you're making me think about how uh, so so. Uh, we we uh, we have a, a new bird in the flock, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, he actually managed today when we had him out. We're working on acclimating him to to being handled, being around people, and he went under the door. Now the door is a little too high, <laughs> the house, but he's so small, and he just went right under the door. So then I would happen to be outside in the other room, and you were in there, so I was able to keep track of him for a little while. Uh, and then you came out too, but you know, I mean, it's one of those things. This house is kind of like you got you got to look at all these little corners. But I mean, with small birds like that, you got to in general. The the coolest thing that I noticed about him is he backs up and he can he can back oh, he up. Runs like, backwards. He runs back. He can he's, run backwards. He's very really creative. Well. He's very. And he, like, he plays tucks a lot. Himself into toys things a lot. And, yeah, he plays with toys. He he was singing a lot this afternoon. He really he really made made a lot of uh, sounds this afternoon. Instead of just the occasional chirp, he yeah. was actually singing and talking and stuff. Yeah, and he hasn't. I haven't heard him repeat you, but you know, I was wondering, is that are females more likely to do that? I'm not really sure about that. You know, but but Sparty, she would repeat you. She would say, you know, I love you, and she would say like, 
you know, stuff that you repeated. You'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. You moved here right at the... The height of Obama. You would say maybe once in a while you'd get him to say like Spartans or something like that. We were watching a game, but mostly it was it was I love you. It was, it was cute. Yeah, you know. And she, yeah, I mean, you know, like um, uh, she just she was able to speak pretty well. Like uh, Bell speaks too a bit, but you know, it's like you know, because some parakeets, you know, will learn a lot of words, but some will just want to chirp, you know. But you, yeah. they, you've gotten them, you got them to talk pretty well, and that that's like. You know that that's kind of cool because you know, parakeets are definitely underrated in the uh, vocabulary department. They were, you know, talking department. Yeah, they're they're really fun, and the I mean, Bell and this little guy they get along so well, and we don't we don't have quite have a name for him yet. We're we're playing around with with Bogey. Yeah, we're calling him that sometimes, but I guess we we could still you know settle on that on a name on a different name whatever you know. But yeah, yeah he's. He's getting used to the house, and now we're just starting to get him used to coming out of the cage because yeah. he's been able to get used to Bell. And we kept track of what they were doing a little bit. I mean, you know, here and there, when while we were in Seattle, by, um, well, of course, you know, we have a good friend, um, uh, Mackenzie. was very nice to, to look at after uh, the bird. She, she stopped in, you know, gave her a key, and she looked at, uh, she, 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 she looked at him um, uh, once in a while. And... Uh, and so th- that was very cool. But, like, we were like, well, what if we wanted to peek in on what they're doing? Well, um, we set up Jessica's MacBook Air, and we uh, used a program uh, called My Webcam Broadcaster. And you use a, uh, like, companion app called My Webcam to view um, the feed. So... Uh, you know, the one, the My Webcam Broadcaster is a Mac app, and then the My Webcam is an iOS app. And the at least prices right now, the My Webcam Broadcaster is free, and then the My Webcam one is $5. So I think it's pretty reasonable, because what it, what you're able to do is set up a, uh, a webcam, and I think it seems to work with video and not audio. I don't know, maybe there's a way to get audio to work, but I don't... You know, basically runs like a video feed. Think about it that way, I guess. But it, but it's kind of nice to keep track of something. I guess some people might want to point it at their, you know, the front door of their house when they leave or something. Or you know, if in our case, we'll we'll put it on our birds. You know, and yeah. there's other reasons too. I mean, hey, you know, you could put it in the room with, uh, uh, with uh, a baby or something. I would guess. Yeah. Although it'd be visual, not not audio. So you might want something else too. But yeah, it's a it's a cool it's a cool. Uh, couple apps and some of the reviews are, are up and down you know like some you know are but it, it seems like it's been up like you know it was it's it was it was available most of the time there were like a couple times when i tried to log in and didn't seem to be online but okay. uh mostly it was online when we were in seattle you know yeah, remember i would check checked, in yeah. maybe sometimes it'd be like once a day maybe a couple times a day a few times but it was just like <laughs> we just take a peek at what they're doing and you know every time i asked you i just checked on or you know, you're like, I just checked on them, just checked on them, you know? So, yeah, so yeah. you can see what they're up to, and then uh, you can also capture um, a photo or video. So you can go, you, you name yours with the uh, broadcaster, you know, app, and then the My Webcam app, you look for it in the list. So, and it is public, I think. I don't know if there's a way to make it private. I basically just put mine on the public feed because you know it's it's just the birds, and so people want to, you know, watch the birds. That's cool, you know. So, um, but for some people, you'd want a private feed. Even some of those possibilities maybe we were talking about. So, you know, it's not the right thing for everything, but it is kind of cool for, like, casual, 
you know, uh, remote um, video feed. Now, Ustream works on a website. It's well known. I mean, you can use Ustream too. Um, and we do sometimes when we broadcast at parakeetstv.com. But like the thing about that is uh, that uses Flash. I don't think they have a desktop app. They really should, right? For like Mac and I guess Windows too or Linux. But like they, um, they, as far as I know, they don't, at least, at least with the regular, like free version of the site. So you have to use Flash. And I mean, come on, right? Like a Mac and running Flash, it's probably going to have a memory like crash or, or, or something. It's going to go offline at some point, right? Because we've had it. I think we had it stay up one time for like a whole weekend, like a whole long weekend, three, four days. And then one time it was down within the time we went somewhere and the end of our flight, it was already down or, you know, actually the end of the drive because it was in Columbus. But anyway, it was like, oh, you know, like, well, now it's offline. Like, so, you know, you know, because, because the, that thing, I don't know. You just don't know how long Ustream is going to stay online if you just leave it sitting there running the flash, you know, um, web app. Yeah. Yeah, this was great. I like the interface. It was easy. You know, um, you have to know, I guess, the name of your, the camera. And I guess you have to know that it's public, maybe? Yeah, you gotta, um, like I said, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't know of a way to make this one private. So it's not like a closed circuit type thing. It's like, you know, it's it's more like comparable to Ustream, but but with apps. Yeah. Um, but, and, and yeah, and it doesn't do the... <laughs> doesn't necessarily do audio but again it's a for a video feed of stuff that you're that you're like you know they you have your mac pointed toward it's pretty cool yeah we should check out if it does audio though because having the keats just play while i'm at work and it's so relaxing and i love hearing their sound well that's cool that's cool and that's why we should probably just get parakeetstv.com up and running on casual like everyday you know use and then this thing is kind of good for travel i would i would i think you know because this one, I don't know how to. I don't know how to embed the apps, you know, the my webcam into a website. So I don't know how we'd be able to connect it to ParakeetsTV.com. Whereas you can embed your Ustream feed into a website, so you can have it on your, you know, your site. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people do this. I mean, there's somebody who was going on vacation and mm-hmm. he he could see his dog. Yeah. From yeah. the computer. Right. Um, and you know, just checking on. I'm like, that's kind of cool, you know, like. Especially as a pet owner, just to be able to see them and see they're okay and, you know, especially when you go away longer times. Yeah, you like to be able to check in on them and, 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 and you know, see see what they're doing, uh, as, uh, you know, at the time of day when you check. So, yeah, definitely recommend um, checking those apps out. Listening to Pacific Pelican dot US slash sixty four podcast number one thirty. Wow. Yeah, today we're recording on Saturday, April nineteenth, twenty fourteen. 
And my name's Dan McKeown, and you're listening uh, to not only me, but my lovely wife, Jessica. Thanks, everyone. And we got a few clips coming up. Uh, the music in the background is Follow You Club Mix by Nitrous Oxide and Enneum from an Anjuda Beats collection. Pacific Pelican US slash being called the web security issue, the flaw in OpenSSL that appears to have um, left a lot of data potentially exposed. Yeah, I mean... Traveling over the web. Yeah, it's just, it's everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. You know, a lot of people are getting password change reminders, and Mm -hmm. uh, which is something, you know, we try to do... You, know, you like want to try to change passwords, also have strong passwords, and, uh, you know, there's there's different systems for managing your passwords, but the it's good to have a, an effective system, proven system. Yeah, I'm going to try um, a new app. Yeah, 1Password. Yeah. That's one that uh, I think it might be worth trying, and then you can let us know, um, you know, how it works for you, because, you know, iCloud Keychain is sort of comparable, um, and... Google Chrome with, via your Google account will remember passwords, but this is a dedicated uh, app uh, for Mac, for iOS. I think there's one for Windows, and there's sort of like an app for Android. It's 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 like a basically like a read your passwords from it app kind of thing. I guess I haven't used it, but but the i the iOS one and the uh, Mac one are pay apps like. I don't know, eight and twenty-five bucks right now, but they could be more again because they claim to be on sale. But apps always claim to be on sale. Um, <laughs> but but you know uh, the uh, yeah the the idea is that you're going to use a system that uh, uh, it, like it stores your passwords in an encrypted way, and then the the one the the solutions like one password and. I, w- I think also LastPass is another example of a okay. system like that. They they set it up so that you have a password that you use to get t- into that app, into one password or whatever, and then that app remembers your passwords. Okay. So it can, it uses a browser plugin on the desktop. So Chrome, Safari, other stuff can use a browser plugin. Uh, and that can be used to like autofill your passwords. There's like one click you can use on the, 
you know, there's a there's a button on that 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 installs when you uh, uh, it, use the extension. When you put say the Chrome extension in, that on the right typically you'll have like a one password button. You press that, and then it gives you the option of um, generating passwords or remembering passwords for that site. Now you have to unlock it with your master password. Uh, if you know, depending on how long you have been inactive and stuff like that, and you can set that, but then you have to uh, you have to be able to get your you know normal your your password for that system typed in, and then you do that. Then it'll it'll offer to remember for the site you're on. Yeah. Uh, it will have a password generator tool, which you can use. You can determine the length of the password. It's pretty geeky, you know. It's pretty cool. Um, you can <laughs> d determine to avoid ambiguous characters or not, to allow characters to repeat or not, and then it gives you a list of your logins right here. So you can see, you know, the different sites you logged into. Now, not only um, on the desktop um, does it have a uh, browser plugin uh, for different browsers, but it also has a desktop app, and from that app you can kind of like administer your account so you just run it um, you know like on the desktop as its own app if you want to look at all your different accounts or edit stuff or, or do stuff like that um, it also it has a section for secure notes it'll it offers to remember your credit cards so it does a lot of stuff um, and you know I've just used it a little so I don't really know but I mean overall I think I would say I'm pretty satisfied so far with it uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use it for a while and really give it, you know, give it a good road test. And so I think it'd be cool, you know, probably give it a good idea for you to try it too. So you can, you can kind of give, you know, people an overview of what you think of it. I will do that. So you, th you think that, that pretty much covers it for that thing, right? It's just like the other thing is the iOS app, you know, you got to remember, right? iOS, um, like it doesn't, there aren't plugins, I don't think for Safari, right? For, for mobile. So it has its own app, but one way they get around that is that they uh, have a built-in browser. So once you log in with your um, master password into the One Password app on on iPhone, then you will get to a uh, you know an app that not only has you know a list of your logins that you have saved, but also gets to uh, a browser so that you can just browse the sites that you want to be logged in. On and uh, and just log in quickly because you're already inside that app. I mean, it's kind of a workaround, but you know they don't really allow extensions. I don't think for Safari yet. They you know they allow some some people do sort of workarounds with bookmarklets and stuff. But you know it's still it's not like you know it's not the same as as having like a real plugin that you know that works with the browser like on the desktop. So you know I mean I mean overall I think you know I think they do a pretty good job trying to deal with you know that issue. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a lot of a potential then for that, you know, to be a little bit more, like, um, fluid between the devices. Yeah, and I think they're maybe sort of Apple-centric. I don't know that for sure, but I mean, like, Android, I think they could make an app that, I'm not sure they could make a browser plugin or not an Android, but, you know, there's a lot of flexibility on that. But for now, they have kind of a, well, they have a free app, to, for one, I mean, and I think it's a little more cursory, you know, right now, but... You know, it's it's hard to say how it'll evolve. You know, these kinds of things are you know always being updated and changed. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's so much about the device. It's about access to the, the content. And it's like, wherever your, your content is, don't you want to be able to just get it on any device? Yeah, that's why like, they, have, that's why they have the Android my, app phone to my iPad to my computer and back Which, again on the same app was, and be in the same place that I am and I'm not. I think you're pretty set up. You're well set up because you have all Apple devices. I think the Android device, like I said, um, I've got to try it and see how much it does but it's a little more limited, I think, than the than the iOS app and uh, you also you have to sync with Dropbox and I set mine up to sync with iCloud right now so I'd have to change the syncing in order to use the Android one. So, okay. you know, Chrome also remembers passwords, so maybe I'll remember pa- most of my passwords on that. And, you know, maybe maybe I'll, you know, I'll keep a few from, from being remembered in Chrome. But, you know, overall, like, I think you can kind of use both, too. I think I think I found, like, Chrome will still remember to re- offer to remember to save passwords. Yeah. for saying, you know, well, they're like the Nazis. I don't know. Pumping diesel fumes into a room when we all know what happens with diesel fumes. I don't know. Doing experiments on people. Boy, that kind of sounds a little Nazi-esque to me, especially when you're lying to them. I hope the entire world sees the monster that we are turning into. I think this story should be front page all over the entire world. Okay. The rest of the world, you need to see how far America has gone off track. Yeah. Please, run from us. We are becoming a global danger. If we start lying to our own people and start experimenting on our own people, we are a danger to the human race. I never thought I would say those words. According to the Washington Post, the Senate Intelligence Committee report concludes that the CIA has been misleading both the government and the public about its interrogation program for years. Now, officials who read the report said the 6,300-page document reveals that the agency allegedly hid details about its methods and that its harsh interrogation tactics yielded little, if any, significant intelligence in the hunt for Osama bin Laden and beyond. Now, the CIA has not yet responded to the report, but according to the Post, agency officials who have seen it have described 
described it as inaccurate. Now, the Senate is scheduled to vote Thursday about sending a summary of the report to the president. Here with reaction, Fox News contributor to Roy Murdoch, host oh, of Varney and Company, this the is Fox bullshit. Business Network, Varney, and the co-host of The Five, our good friend Dana Perino. Hi, guys. Uh, wait a minute. Hey, you dip all cracks. This of a political document and a witch hunt. That guy, that guy, nothing. Kick a, kick a horse in the ass and give him caffeine, so... This is where all the uh, local hottie hottie hoes come to hang out at. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, look at that ass! No means. Oh 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 oh! Ready? that existed at Fort Hood the other day in a circumstance in which everybody has weapons uh, could very easily result and probably would have resulted in an enormous mass fratricide and you would have this all the time. The second, uh, the second problem revolves around the notion that civilian life or military life on a civilian post is just like combat. Anybody who spent a minute in combat will tell you that the two of them are nothing at all alike. United it's the States environment that makes the difference. Gun. And in combat, everybody is armed. These sort of incidents are extremely rare. Arming everybody in a civilian uh, uh, situation like at Fort Hood would result in uh, a, a terrible, terrible tragedy larger than this one. And the third point revolves around the notion that a shooter the assumption is the shooter values his own life more than he does carrying out what he's going to carry out. And no. therefore, he's not going to do it if everybody else is armed. Complete nonsense. We saw with Lopez, for example, sure. he killed himself. And the large majority of mass shooters do exactly the same thing. John, you're shaking your head. Yeah, look, I mean, I've studied these multiple victim public shootings. They're, they, 75% of the time, they die terrorism just like they use the endangered species act to shut down access to the land because of these endangered desert tortoises now they're going to use legislation to shut down like free speech on the internet uh, legislation is being proposed to update the role the internet radio and tv play in encouraging hate crimes and hate speech which again just like their definition of domestic terrorism is very broad hate it's speech too it's has a, a very broad definition you know depending I mean? on whomever is in charge and wants to decide that that should be penalized. Obviously, anyone with political speech that they find unacceptable is How going to be labeled hate speech. Well, no solution is going to be absolutely perfect. You're not going to be able to deter somebody who's absolutely 
he's hell bent on doing damage. You're not going to be able to prevent. Are you taking some kind of drugs or drinking? Happen is that prudent commanders have to be prudent. There's a certain amount of risk that is attendant to all human endeavors, including just living from day to day. And there's a certain amount of risk in being in uniform. Uh, a commander, somebody who's responsible for the training, the families, the lives of very large numbers of people, has to decide where the risk is and what the reward is. Arming everybody on post seems to me a very foolish response. Well, I pushing pushing and it's all about silencing political enemies and we have are you mentally call into the show and say oh well you took down my youtube comment and all i said was that i want to start shooting these people and it's time to get out the guns that is not what we're calling for that's what they want you to do that's why they want you to respond so that they can then impose martial law that is not what we're trying to do here. that is one big pile of shit and you've got to understand that that's exactly how the media is going to spin it they're going to take that twist it around pull everyone in the liberty movement into these more radicalized groups okay. just like you they did with the tea party the real tea party was a great incredible movement that scared the bejesus out of the government and so they sent in provocateurs and they demonized that group and made it about you know this radical right-wing racist you know this and just completely switched around my name is cheryl i believe i am your daughter may you not like it now but americans love entitlements and once we get you hooked that is one big pile of shit on the entitlement you'll never go back oh come on this is bullshit now i closed my eyes and thought i'm standing in front of a schoolyard with a guy with a dime bag i don't care saying once i hook you once I numb you, once I stop you from reaching great heights and protect you from falling. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. You know what I mean? Hook you. Big week. because it was such a powerful movement and you can't fall into their ploy fall into their tactics they want to increase what the tension they want to increase the pressure in our day and age once the christian conscience is out of the military 
and we see that those that have an anti-Christian <laughs> agenda, where they want to uh, force kids to stop saying a prayer at a graduation ceremony, or they're offended at a cross in the desert, or they yes. just want a coach to bow his head when the students are saying a prayer. Yes. Put out a business, a bakery, because they won't bake a cake for a, a, a gay event. Yeah. So we ask ourselves, will the people that are pushing that agenda, once they get in charge of the guns, do we really expect them to be more tolerant than they are now? Or will they be tempted to use their new powers to force their agenda? Are you taking agenda? some kind of drugs now, or drinking? The reason this is a concern, because... In the recent history, in the 1930s, Stalin used his atheistic military they want to kill to to an estimated and shoot 7 your guns million Ukrainians and feel like and you're doing it for freedom and as a patriot. And, 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 and you definitely are, killing the third but they're going to play you. That is their plan. This is a long-term agenda. They have been planning this for a military. long time. They're going to continue see, to take uh, the land, and they're going to the, tax uh, you. And Mount when you finally push back, that is when they're going to say, see, we told you you're all criminals, you're all domestic terrorists, and we need to save you from yourself. And we're going to impose our new... Military, are you terror? You're going to have to call on Conditioning your children, conditioning law enforcement in the, the military God, to see you. It just becomes a tool to push an agenda. And so this is a concern a lot of people have. The United States to find a solution in Ukraine to develop so that's not the target. And it's a strong strategy for Europe because our economy needs to develop. I don't know who it is. And the ongoing threat of continued sanctions, Russia's dependence on both the US dollar and the euro for international trade is being called into question as a result. Now, the deputy head of Russia's Vinesh Econom Bank says moves are already being made. The Chinese currency, the RMB, uh, have uh, quite a good chances to become uh, a reserve currency oh. in a certain period of time because they need to lift currency restrictions, which they do. I mean, the Chinese, they, they do it, but they do it very gradually. Of course, Russian ruble also has some perspectives, but a lot of things, and a lot of, I would say, a lot of depend on the uh, Central Bank of Russia and the Russian government in general supporting this swap option. And while you're in the chopper, don't forget to check out Jessica's website, jessica.sf3am.com, and the show website, pacificpelican.us slash 64, where you can find the show notes to this episode number 130, and uh, you can find uh, a link to my book at djmcloud.com slash book. Oh, <laughs>